0: Well, okay. Let me, let me do that on the fly. Hey, everyone, we're just uh, making some cosmetic changes. <laughs>
1: no, it's a, it's a new show.
0: Uh, That's right. <laughs> hold on.
1: Before we can actually, you know, be legit, I have to do this. All there right, we go. There it is. Now All right, I can be legit. now, I can say, I'm um, Brent Leary. I'm um, Paul Greenberg. Yeah, we are the CRM players, as you could see it in the corner there. We, we are the CRM player, and and here I am. I'm looking at you know my old camera because I'm just so used to looking at it. I actually have a camera right in front of me now, which is a little bit new for me, but you know, we're
0: we'll working. It it's a damn good
1: camera, though. I am. I'm excited about the you know the box. You know the box camera. It's this is my first. I know we're getting a little, we're getting a little geeky right.
2: here, but you know, it's right.
1: tough luck. My first, <laughs> my first my first full-frame, full-sensor camera, and I'm, I'm kind of excited about it. Huh? Yeah. And look I at regret- it. I want people to look at this. I'm going to lean in and then look wait, at my camera. Wait, wait.
0: Tell them, tell, them, tell them what that's called.
1: Okay. Well, all right. Look at the background now before I lean in. It's a little blurry, but watch when I lean in. Now look at the background. Ooh, blurry. Ooh, we call that bokeh. By the way, Boo. I feel like I'm looking.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And by the way, it has no relationship to the Florida town of Boca Raton. Thankfully, it doesn't. Thank you. Exactly.
1: All right. But here, uh, I don't know. Maybe this what Sven is saying has a relationship to that. I have no idea. Manuia Leaso.
0: Manu Ginobili. uh, This hmm. one got me again. I don't know this one.
1: All right, Sven, you know what that means. You're gonna to have to let us know what the translation, what language of origin it is, and what it means.
0: Hello, delete, delete. Oh, the man! This guy is wonderful, brilliant, uh, longtime friend. Knows what he's doing. Runs a company called Powerfluence, which I had the honor of sitting on the advisory board of, and and he is just this guy. He's been an inspiration to me over all these years. He was one of the first guys to recognize, by the way, customer engagement for what it was all the way back when he was a cognizant, right? Wow. which was a long time ago. And he was pretty cognizant back then, huh? Yes, he was. He was the head of CRM, but he knew CX and CE Ooh. long before most people even thought of the term.
1: They, they, long before they could even spell it, you know, CX. I still can't spell it. Yeah. All right. The, the uh, origin, the, the language of origin is... Samoan Samoan.
0: so it's Samoan wow
1: I that's a good
0: one now Samoa is still an American protectorate I think
1: yeah something like that uh yeah sounds good all right man do we have a lot going on today uh we have a guest Mm -hmm. he'll be coming up shortly we're going to it's going to tie in the, of course what's going on the big uh, industry news which is uh, dream force is starting next week so we're going to and it's repeat guest so i given so many clues you're going to have to I'll wait and try to figure it out on your own uh hey look who it is oh my god
0: just a long hug and hopefully next week a real yeah we'll
1: kind forever
0: apparently right but- that's right <laughs>
1: Nice to see well really nice to see you in person face next week so thank you for, for checking out today's show of course we're going to be talking about you know dreamforce a little later and probably be sprinkled in throughout the thing but before we do you know every now and again um, facebook pops up a memory that you know makes either one of us think this time it's me and this is what I got popping up today Oh my God. Look at, do, you, do you know those, do you know the folks in this? You know,
0: you know a couple of them. There's Joe Hughes. No, it's Joe Hughes and Ray and Brian Velmure and, and you. And I uh, and and, think uh, Brian
1: Kramer is next to Brian Velmure. Right. Craig Downing. I think that's Craig Downing. Uh, yeah, from SAP. Yeah. This was from nine years ago, taking here in Atlanta. During, remember Robin Carey's social? What's she yep. called? Social shake-up, social, or something like social
0: that. Social shake.
1: Yeah, social shake-up. Social shake-up. So this is nine years ago today, which would it was a Sunday nine years ago. Uh, Robin sprung for tickets for us to go to the Rams Falcons game. The Rams just so happened to be playing in uh, Atlanta, and as you can see by the look of my face, it was not a yeah. very good day for my Rams. Uh, Let's put it like that. Matter of fact, I'll tell you why my face looked like that. Not only was it because we were losing, it was because our coach was still Jeff F. Fisher and the F stands for effing. So Jeff F. Fisher was the coach during the dark years of the Rams in the early two thousands leading into, you know, kind of the Renaissance. So, so there's the story behind it. That was nine years ago today. That's my Eric Dickerson. Uh, PG got me my second Eric Dickerson. That's, that's the one I had bought on my own. <laughs> but you can never have too many Eric Dickerson jerseys, so I'm very happy about that. So that's the explanation of what's going on in that picture.
0: Hey, Ray. Uh, well, you notice you're wearing a uh, Negro Leagues hat, too.
1: Well, that was because during the dark years of the Jeff Fisher era, or I should say error, not era, because that was a very era thrown era. Anyway, uh, I was I was kind of a little. I was protesting a little bit the Rams. So, but when they came to town and we got tickets to the game, I was like, all right, I'll, I'll at least throw on my Eric Dickerson jersey from uh, yeah. from the big, on beautiful era. So, so that's so that's that. Wow. All right. Wow. So, well, that's a long time. I haven't seen him in a long time. Um, all right. So before we get into the, the, the meat and our guest, I do have a little bit of uh, a little fun thing, although I don't know if it was fun. It didn't feel like it was fun at the time. But um, so I think it was last week I saw this. I got this from Delta. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, they're uh, saying, hey. You started flying with us in '99 as a part of Sky Miles family. We appreciate your loyalty and your honor, and we're honored to spend 23 years flying together. It's like, oh, this sounds really cool. I, I must be able to. I might be getting a gift or something. Um, that was the gift I got. That was the gift Delta got me for 23 years. Um, so I posted this. I, I posted this on Facebook. Uh, I said, hey, you know, got this from Delta. That's the that's the thanks I get for 23 years. That's literally the thanks you get for 23 years. No MQMs, no Sky Miles, no five dollar digital certificates, no enhanced snacks, nothing. Just that thanks. And I was really it was really interesting to see some of the responses I got. So I thought I'd you know, share a couple. Our mutual buddy John Coderice Lawson. I have to say this, you know, legally the cold one, the bold one, John Coderice Lawson.
0: Called one the Baldwin, the old one.
1: Now these yeah, old I like the old one. Uh, He's over fifty. Bringing that one in. Uh, so he was like, I mean, could five thousand miles hurt? I don't think so. It would have been nice. I would have taken five thousand miles. Thomas, Thomas <laughs> isn't passenger just another word for love. It it, it kind of feels <laughs> like that. I could actually see Delta sending sending that kind of message to a piece of luggage. You yeah. like <laughs> know, the same thing. My buddy, even a tailor. Hey, you got to see it on the plane. You took off, you landed, your luggage showed up. I mean, seriously, what else do you want? Okay. Uh, Apparently that's the way Delta sees it. Our buddy PJ, uh, I don't know where the political bin comes in from here, but okay, let's go, Brandon. All right, thank you, PJ. Uh, Emily Yellen. But they use your government name. Did you notice they put Brent? So it, it didn't really feel personal. Right. nobody ever calls me that. So get that in there, yeah, raising some eyeballs there. My cousin Cookie, that's, you know, Stephanie, but we call her Cookie. Aren't you glad they aren't your real family? Yeah, uh, basically, yeah. At least I get a little something from my real family, you know. And our buddy Mike in seriously, you're in the biz. What did you expect? Why? So why are you turning it on me? I, I'm not the one who sent the bogus note. Mike,
0: Mike, Mike sounds like those guys who um who basically said to all the people who got hit by the ransomware, it's your problem. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, you blame your blame fault. the victim here. Thanks, I know.
1: Mike. All right. L- finally, the one, the last two. These are the ones that really made me think. Just curious, is no recognition of 23 years worse than this recognition? I would prefer no recognition because I wouldn't get a, I wouldn't have got upset. I wouldn't have had to write put this on Facebook and I wouldn't have to like, you know.
0: The downside me. is we wouldn't have had this to talk about.
1: Well, that's true, but we would have found something else to talk about. You know, like the Cowboys' demise. That would have been good. Yeah. <laughs> we can we can get into that. And then finally, Ginger Conlon. the question is, what's the reward for 25 years? Maybe that's when you get the extra bag of chips. So we'll see. And maybe maybe I'll Did you ever uh, get
0: a bag of chips that wasn't
1: <laughs> um it? yeah. I I I don't think I ever got an extra bag of nothing from Delta, but you know.
0: Yeah, you know, <laughs> I mean that's the uh experience of flying now.
1: That's the customer experience.
0: Yes. All right. Well, <laughs> I I will give you night a little credit. They've been carrying me for 3 years as Global Services. I'll lose it at the end of this year, but even though I haven't flown, they've carried it for three years. But then again, you know how I always think about that? There's no cost to them whatsoever to keep me as global services because I'm literally not going anywhere, doing anything. So they don't have not, there's no expense related to me and United. So just keeping me as global services does not actually hurt them. <laughs> Look at what Ray said. He did
1: 2 million miles, but he did get a piece of luggage. Was it From a 90s? Delta? Or was it just your luggage that they made sure you got? <laughs> got it back. They <laughs> got, it, got it back okay. after a year. Let us know. If, if you got something from Delta for two million months, let us know exactly what you got, Ray, because that might be worse than, than nothing I got for 23
0: years. United's not too bad with that. I once sent me a cool... It was like It's a globe that gets um, activated by sunlight, and it rotates, and it, we have it set up. It's a nice little ornament. It's actually pretty cool. Yeah, well, that's okay. So Ray, you're saying he needs to fly? Apparently, uh, maybe
1: it depends on what what kind of luggage he actually got. Uh, oh, all right. So he's got a. You gotta check the link out. I don't know exactly what's going on. Oh, complaining about window seat divides.
0: <laughs> Passenger complaining about window seat.
1: Yeah, I'll take a window seat over a middle seat. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, any day. Oh wow, he got a nine hundred dollar backpack. Oh, well, two million good. miles though. <laughs> that's that's kind of like the least you could do. With a a Toomey apparently is that that's a good, a good one? Yeah, okay. oh
0: yeah, oh yeah. Toomey's right. a really good company. That's good.
1: All right, moving on because we want to get to our guest shortly. So um, a few weeks ago, we had Bob Stutz on, and he he was he was talking about the Salesforce earning results and the reason i'm bringing this up is adobe came out with their results but before i flash them up on the screen i want to play what bob said about salesforce's results at the time
0: but he gives salesforce credit but
1: jesus christ look at their numbers i mean come on (laughs) look 15 percent growth sales cloud right that's nothing to write home to mom about at the end of the day
0: Service cloud, 14% year-over-year growth. That's nothing to write home about at the end of the day. The combination of marketing and
1: commerce cloud, probably the two hottest things in the industry right now. Combined growth year-over-year, 17%. Not something to write home about, right? Okay, so I wanted to play that so that I could show this. So Adobe came out with their uh, their quarterly earnings, and look at the year-over-year growth. <laughs> it pretty Apparently much is not
0: anything to write home about. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, it's right. It's pretty much right in alignment. You know, actually, Salesforce was a little higher when you come to because when you think of the digital experience segment, that's really the you know the marketing automation. That's the you know the commerce stuff. And year over year, Salesforce is actually a little bit better in terms of percentage growth. So maybe Bob just doesn't want to write home anymore. And and taking a look, a little deeper look inside of the digital media numbers, because I thought this was really interesting. All right, so that digital media is broken into Creative Cloud and Document Cloud. Creative Cloud grew at only 11%. When you think of all this, the tools, all the creativity tools, I was thinking, well, if anything, and all the content's flying around, if anything is growing at least higher, it would have been that. But look at that compared to Document Cloud. Document, I, now, the numbers, of course, the, the overall revenue numbers are, are much bigger for revenue. So, you, know, you get smaller growth percentages year over year based on that larger revenue. But 23% for document cloud versus 11% for creative cloud. What do you think?
0: Well, I mean, the I guess there's a couple of things. I mean, if I'm going directly, just looking at creative cloud, it's a mature industry standard almost in terms of people professionally in that world who use it, you know, who use tools like that. One, two, and at that point, you know year over year they're not seeing much i'm sure they're seeing a lot of recurring uh, revenue from it meaning a lot of people renewing their uh, subscriptions year over year two is they're up against a lot of competitors who are got a, who've captured a lot of ground like davinci resolve and uh, final cut pro and things like that and also some of the smaller tools you know that are out there that people like on ipad a ton of them are using luma and you know, whatever it's called, Luma, Fusion or something. But um, those kind of tools. And secondly, um, when it comes to Creative Cloud, how to put it? There's also a significant number of high-quality alternatives that are considerably cheaper because if you're paying for the larger subscription, which is most people are because Adobe kind of puts you in that position that for an extra whatever you pay and get you know, for maybe an extra $100 a month or whatever it is, or $100 a year. You get um, 20 more tools, but you don't use the tools, right? I know, I, it's interesting. I'm talking, I was talking to some creators who, oh, and I get, well, actually, and this is the third one, and this is more anecdotal. I don't have a lot of data to back this up, but it, but it did happen in more than one case. When talking to millennials about Premiere Pro and Creative Cloud and so on and so forth. They say, oh, we don't use that. We use like for web development using Web Flows, a lot of them for designer using Figma, you know, things like that. So this, what's happening is I think Creative Cloud's the monster, but at the same time, there's a lot of little, little creatures, you know, nipping at the heels and bigger creatures hitting them head on. So it doesn't surprise me that as things are changing, that their revenues are not like rocketing off the charts um it it surprises me a little that it's only 11 percent, but i'm not surprised overall that it's not something to write home about as bob would put it um so uh, i just at the think end of this, the day it, it, yeah at the end of the day i just think there's way too much competition out there and the competition is substantial i mean it's not just like oh well, look at all these people are trying to compete with us they are competing with them all right
1: one last thing about adobe the announcement today They also announced a $20 billion acquisition of Figma. Figma, Uh,
0: speaking of which, that was the second tool I was talking about. So there you go. Literally the same one. That's a big deal. It's a big, it's a very big deal.
2: Uh, It's a financially big
0: deal, but it's also a smart big deal. That is literally the design tool that millennials use. And I, I, again, that's the one that comes up time after time after time. I've looked at it. It's actually very easy by comparison to use them. Adobe, they'd literally bought one of the companies that has been just massively was one of the companies I mentioned as, you know, it was Webflows and Figma and Figma was the company that was undercutting them a great yep. deal on the design. Twenty. That tells you just how important design is in, in the
1: collaboration around design yep. and be able to push out compelling experiences and content in a much more methodical way.
0: That's a spectacular acquisition, actually. So
1: we're going to see how that, that, as you can see, the kind of people who use Figma, developers and designers mostly.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and it's millennial developers and designers, and they're kind of taking over. So this is a great acquisition on on Adobe's part, like a spectacular one, really.
1: All right. So now going to talk a little bit about Dreamforce and why our next guest is so interesting. Um, So Dreamforce is next week uh it'll be the 20th anniversary of the first dream Force. there's going to be a lot of people out there we don't know exactly how many but we know it's going to be a lot um and this is going to be the first one in three years that we'll be at physically and we are really excited about being able to wait a minute that's not what i wanted i wanted this (laughs) wait a minute i wanted this one Uh, we are going to be doing a, a live CRM Players episode live from Dreamforce. We finally got the date and time. 6 p.m. Eastern, Tuesday, September 20th. And we are going to have an opportunity to sit down with... I wonder why StreamYard messes up the the slide there. Because that doesn't look like that in PowerPoint. But anyway. Right. We're going to be sitting down with Gita Nayar, who is Salesforce Chief Medical Officer and yeah i'm excited i mean we i've seen her on tv i saw some of the clips of her on tv uh and it's a little different kind of conversation that we typically have but i'm really looking forward to it me too yeah, yeah. so so
0: Doctor, she goes by dr g
1: and that's that's what they tell us so I, that's yeah. actually a cool i wonder if she knows dr j the kind of <laughs> yeah uh, but anyway mark your calendars live from Dreamforce it's a little later on the east coast but it'll be worth it 6 p.m. eastern tuesday september 20th and, and- oh I was going to say and if we're able to pull something else off we're we're going to we're trying to look into this we know the keynote will be uh earlier that day and we're trying to see if we can do after a post keynote conversation with a bunch of our 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 buddies our our fellow analysts, observers, whatever you want to call us, uh, after it to get the first impressions. We don't know if we'll be able to do that, so you're going to have to stay tuned, or as Rachel Maddow likes to say, watch this space.
0: So just to be clear, that means on Thursday there is no CRM Players episode, because Tuesday is when CRM Players episode is this and maybe some more.
1: Yeah. Uh, By the way, yeah, Ray just mentioned... Uh yeah, the uh, after they announced the 20 billion dollars, the stock took a huge hit. I think, you know, that's a big that's a big nut. Let's put it that's like it. that. It, yeah, that's a big 20 billion. I mean, and it, but then again, you you hear all this woe and gro- gloom about percentual recessions and all. If you're able to drop 20 billion dollars in this environment, that tells you just how important uh, that acquisition they must really feel about it. So, anyway. Um yeah, oh okay, Christy followers are on twitter very cool or will matter of fact if you do have questions for us to ask let us know ahead of time you know leave in the comments or something and we'll see if we can get a couple of them in uh okay all right so now with all that done last year it was it was just a little over a year ago salesforce announced salesforce plus their streaming service they're putting up some really great content on there. It's, it's, I think it's the only enterprise streaming service I know of, at least, at least in our space. And literally two days after the announcement, we were very fortunate. We have some really great friends over at Salesforce that was able to uh, actually get uh, the person heading that effort up, Colin Fleming, on to join us. He talked about why they did it. We had him come back about six months later give a little bit of a a status update. Uh, And I've been kind of keeping track of what's going on uh, with this thing. Uh, And now, because this is the first full year that uh, Salesforce Plus is around while the Dreamforce planning was going on, uh, now we're going to see just what role uh, Salesforce Plus will be playing in the Dreamforce experience you know for all the folks who may not be able to go uh, next week but still want to participate and experience what dreamforce is all about so Colin Fleming I'm surprised he has time to do this but you want to give a little mini intro before we bring him
0: on yeah i mean the guy is just cool i mean that's pretty much what you can start. i start with i mean originally he was like a red bull race drive race car driver way back when but and he has—he's got a long history of successful ventures, but this specific one, which he has led from day one, right? Salesforce Plus has been an extraordinary combination of experiment and actually evolution too. And the thing is, you know, uh, he's incredibly personable and intelligent and smart, but he's also clearly a very good leader because of one of the things that I think both. Brent and I have noticed has been the evolution itself of sales plus one from day one to now, which is an enormous uh, fast maturity and evolution to the point where day one, you know, day one, it's like day one of anything. Um, Now you're looking about something and I'm asking more details, but I think they're up for Emmys or something like that. Um, Multiple ones, if I remember correctly. And I made, not i mean i will ask but um but this is led by this guy okay so let's just get him on man because he's just such a pleasure to talk
2: to hey, hey Colin. man hey what's going on great to see you all yeah
0: and uh, so know, i assume what great. do you have like a minute yeah before you have to go it's great to
1: see you You look calm you you look cool and collected but really
2: yeah it's like a, it's like a duck you know calm on the surface <laughs> we're uh you know we're moving in. Uh, Howard Street is closed. We are moving into Moscone Center. Stuff's rigging's all up. Carpet's getting laid out. So, we're. Uh, I'm headed there tomorrow. Tomorrow morning. Uh, so yeah, dream force is upon us. We're excited. Awesome.
0: Well, well, wait. Do you have access to the your own your studio is out there somewhere, right? But where where is that relative to where you're going to be?
2: yeah we we're, we're fortunate to have an amazing Moscone Center just uh just out, just by, down the street from our headquarters so our headquarters have our studio but we've actually built uh several studios on site of Moscone Center as well to be able to capture real time content there too so it's unbelievable yeah awesome. so, I was going right. to say
1: before we get too far into the dreamforce uh discussion, you, you did just celebrate a birthday with Salesforce plus not too long ago yeah ben, maybe you could give us a little uh uh summary of you know, the year in Salesforce plus, what, what is has it done? What surprises maybe? What are the, what's the overall view for that first year?
2: Well, I was, uh, I was reflecting back when you all were doing the introduction and how skeptical both of you were around Salesforce <laughs> when we started. So it brought me back good memories uh, No, but you know, it's been, uh, it's been an amazing learning for us and, you know, we're an enterprise software company where this is not, uh, status quo for us. So, you know, as with anything, we're learning tons. Uh, we're thrilled with the response. Uh, of course, we talked about it last year where we launched at Dreamforce with a very ambitious MVP. Um, and it was very MVP. Uh, there was a little bit of duct tape happening behind the seats, <laughs> uh, but we're just thrilled with our ability to continue forward. You know, we've seen uh, big momentum on viewership, the content, and we've talked about this in the past too. I'm just thrilled with the quality of the content. Um, and we continue to learn lessons and we've, we've sunsetted some series. We've had our pilot season. Now we're out of our pilot season. We've kind of moved things into season two and season three and we've cut bait on some things that didn't quite work. Um, and, uh, you know, we just recently won content marketing program of the year for the second year in a row as a result of this efforts. Um, so it feels like it's working. Uh, our co- people are coming back to the, to the product often. Um, and it's been a big, um, been a big kick in the pants inside salesforce too uh just to rethink the way that marketing works inside the company of course we're all planning for this cookie this future we're all planning for first party data we're all planning for these things and it's just been great to take a tactic of like let's go out and try this turn it into a strategy and i'm just thrilled with what we've been able to do there we're still learning uh materially uh every day um but uh you know, we're, we're learning and we've been attracting great partners as well. In fact, just this past week, we introduced a new partnership with CNBC to launch a, um, a series with CNBC, which we're thrilled about with, called the, the Shift. And so, yeah, there you go. Look at that on cue. Uh, and so, that's <laughs> fun uh, wow. you know, this is very ambitious. Seven companies. Uh, we've kind of trialed them. We did 250 shoots uh, to capture all this content. Oh, my uh, God. The level of ambition here is just sort of unfathomable to a degree. And, uh, you know, we've got incredible brands like One United Bank and Metallica and Formula One has been uh, involved in this journey with us, Pandora, uh, Beyond Foods, just amazing brands that have really opened it up to us and say, look, they've been humble and honest and say, we didn't have this figured out. And we've trialed that journey. And I think it's really awesome to show to show that. And it really it's a series that matches the ambition of Salesforce Plus. So we're, we're thrilled about that.
0: So two things one just uh, kudos in one regard this is that uh, so you know Brent and I are launching a less ambitious um, <laughs> network <laughs> at the end in about 10 11 days oh, great. We, we've already done the pilots there they've been long six shows were launch you went to your watch well I was looking at the, <laughs> time, the date I couldn't remember what day it was right? I, I was looking at the date um, so and we've we have six shows that are launching, five which are you know, either live stream, pre-recorded, another one which is a podcast. But we're also in the process, of course, building a website and so on. And the inspirations yeah. for the website were Netflix, the Spirits Network, which you have to take a look at and see why, and Salesforce Plus. Right? Oh. Those were the three. And uh, and I will tell you, the web designer got it right. Um, so mm-hmm. that's the kudos part. The, uh, the other part, though, which is really curious to me is – uh was the changes that you've made you know as you mentioned you sunsetted some of the shows you are building new content you're now building alliances with like other programmer you know programming like cnbc what what are the criteria to go into decisions like that i mean because you know it's a big deal to start a show and then it's a in a weird way it's almost a bigger deal to sunset it right so uh how do you decide okay and is it pure data is it emotion is a combination of both. I mean, what, what is the criteria? What are the criteria for that kind of decision?
2: Yeah. yeah. Let's start with the sunsetting part. Cause that's been the okay. harder part. Um, right. I think Salesforce has always been good at adding things and not been so great at stopping things. And <laughs> right. so uh, that was the harder part to, to like remove emotion from the conversation. Our marketing team pour so much energy and passion into these series that when you decide to kind of hit the cancel button, it's hard. And I I, I learned a lot um, and gained a lot of appreciation for media executives for making these calls in the way that they do. Um, But data was the driving factor. Are people watching this and staying on and coming back to the platform? And if they weren't in in what we consider to be our threshold, then uh, we decided to cancel it. And it was kind of a black and white decision, frankly. And, um, you know, that's um, that's a muscle that Salesforce has not had historically. It's been frankly, and and I see this a lot of our peer companies too, so I don't think it's a Salesforce specific thing. It's a lot of activity before achievement. Um, And we're like, oh, we're doing all these things and we do a status report of how are you marketing the sales cloud or whatever it may be. Oh, we did 40 things and we're like, that's not what we're doing here. We look at achievement. And so I think that's been a mindset shift for all of us along the way. So sunsetting has been data driven and a new muscle for us. The content creation side has been, we've learned a lot. You know, we started this um, and we were we, when we were together a year ago, we started talking about uh, sort of persona driven content where we we had an vision to build a content series for each of our core personas in which Salesforce markets and sells to. Um, and we are generally still on that strategy. But what we found and we did not expect this is, you know, maybe the softer and more altruistic side of the content has really performed better than expectations. Um, so. Trailblazer has been an incredible series um, and we talked about this, Brent, last time we was on, I was on uh, the Ecopreneur series, which we produced with the Fortune team, has been just a runaway hit for us. And so I think that's been really interesting to see um, just the performance of those series. And then we signed a partnership with um, our friends Kara Swisher and Scott Galloway on the Pivot podcast as well to bring their podcast, which is runaway popular, into a video setting. And so we did a little two to three, four minute snippets from in a video setting And that's been by far the most popular part of Salesforce Plus. And so, you know, it's really interesting to sort of, we talked about our Hamilton launch last time I was on, right? We talked about, we use Dreamforce as the Hamilton moment on Salesforce Plus. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, Pivot is that big eyeballs number for us that drives like interest into the platform that might not be in our core audience set. And yet what I'm really energized by is they're not just coming for that. You see people come in for Pivot and they go to Ecopreneurs or they go to Trailblazer or they go to something else. And so that cross pollination strategy has really worked for us. Um, and we're still learning lessons. We haven't nailed it. Um, so I think that's been really interesting to see in terms of how are we getting people onto the platform. We, it's a top of funnel activity for us. And then the one big thing that uh, has been the biggest surprise of them all is I really resisted any level of like heavy practitioner technical content. I wanted this right. to be a top of funnel, like, you know, Emmy winning type of thing. Right. right? Um, And then we trialed this idea of the Salesforce on Salesforce series, Mm -hmm. which is pretty practitioner heavy, you know, and I was worried about being myopic. I was worried about a couple of things, probably is to a degree still, but massive popularity on just people wanting to know how Salesforce is overcoming problems that that others may find. And so we've tried to be really hyper transparent. We're outlining our playbooks for how we do events and first party data and sales enablement and all these things that are sort of been locked up in the four walls of Salesforce, we're totally opening it up. And that's been a shocker. That's, uh, I cannot produce those things fast enough right now uh, and how popular they are. So those are the big surprises for me. Um, There's a lot of technical learnings that we've learned too. I think we're now being held to the level of friction that Netflix is, not what enterprise software companies are. So if you want to sign in, I expected like, oh, it's gonna be better than Bob Stutz, whatever he's doing and all your people that you just mentioned earlier in the call. But now it's like, oh, compared to Netflix, it's a little more friction-filled. I'm like, wow, (laughs) did not expect that. So we're working on friction. It's still too hard to get into, and we know that, and we'll keep working on that.
1: Yeah. Well, one thing, I'm not surprised by the Salesforce on Salesforce success, because if you go to a Dreamforce, I remember the earliest Dreamforce or two I went to, they were doing these uh, Salesforce using Salesforce sessions. And the thing I remember most were line going out the room, people trying to get in because I mean, you're people are trying to replicate the success that, you know, Salesforce has had. So why not, you know, pay attention to whether it's a session at Dreamforce or a video on Salesforce. Plus I, I totally get it. it. Totally makes sense. Now, uh, all this year you you've learned a lot. It sounds like you've learned an incredible amount. Uh, <laughs> so all that you've learned how is that filtering into next week Dreamforce? How is Salesforce Plus being
2: integrated and supporting Dreamforce? Well, both of you have been to Dreamforce countless times, uh, for sure, more than I have, I'm sure. And you're going to see a pretty transformed experience. Uh, mm-hmm. The idea of a media experience is going to be pretty front and center. In fact, Um I'm not giving away too much here. but
1: no, don't, don't worry about it. It's just us.
2: You know, you know. <laughs> right. um, between the main keynote room and the campground is an entire Salesforce Plus studio area where we, it's like a hybrid theater and capturing content for Salesforce Plus in this really interesting way. So I think we have a Today show. We have a Tonight show at Dreamforce. So we've got professional hosts, we've got Saturday Night Live um, talent as well, that's going to help us host this content. Wow. Um, and so we've got this idea, you know, Dreamforce is too much for one person, anybody to absorb in the three days that we do it. And so this idea of uh, highlights uh, before the day and highlights after the day with really media inspired talk show like environments is front new for us. So tune into that on Salesforce Plus, Dreamforce today, Dreamforce tonight will happen there. Um, we've got Soledad O'Brien coming back with us. She's been a massive hit for us in terms of hosts, and she's really become part of the Salesforce Ohana and part of our family, which has been great. Uh, you're going to see shorter content across the board because we know attention spans on Salesforce Plus or any streaming platform are shorter than they were in Dreamforce 2019 before all this pandemic thing happened. So uh, you're going to see shorter series, shorter content. Uh, along the way, um, I think that's been interesting. I can't guarantee Mark and Brett's keynote will be shorter. We're certainly trying our best there, um, but uh, you know we're doing our best there. But I think you're going to see just more of a media inspiration across the board. Tons of magic will happen, of course, but you're going to see more of a media lens on everything we do.
0: As well, a magic going to be? Well, never mind. I can't actually say that yet. Um, so uh, I just realized it was a pre-briefing, <laughs> not a briefing. Yeah. Um, so uh, magic will happen. They will
2: be
0: magical transferred. <laughs> okay. What about who? So, who are the SNL folks? Can you say that? I just want to see if they're still on the cast.
2: You'll have to come on site and enjoy it. I so will
0: tell you know. this most of them are gone. <laughs> so, most, six of them left this year. So, that's the end of it. The, Maybe they were getting know, signed all, up by Salesforce. That's right. Salesforce hired <laughs> away, hired all six away. Kate McKinnon. She's pretty good on stage, though. I've actually seen her do tech events. She was really funny. Yeah. Uh, for only the only SNL camp, cast member I ever saw who literally completely, like, um, uh, completely discombobulated the actual host of the event by what she did, like, threw him off so far he didn't know what yeah. to say. <laughs> she was amazing. Was we hope not to do that with any of our uh, no, no, it was actually pretty <laughs> funny. So, if she if it's Kate McKinnon and she does it again. It's pretty, really. It's. going will have pretty to come cool. on
2: site in five days to find out.
0: I will. I don't worry. I so how how easy
1: well, or difficult? I don't know. You you mentioned this is going to be a completely transformed Dreamforce, and and uh, taking some of the things that you learned from Salesforce Plus and infusing it into the Dreamforce experience. How easy was it for you to get buying to do the you know to try some of these new things out?
2: Yeah. Uh, ask for forgiveness was my initial story. <laughs> um, no, in all, in all, in all fairness, uh, we have an incredible CMO, uh, Sarah Franklin that has been, uh, you know, really understands the balance of building brand with, with driving performance marketing. You know, we're a, a, a large growing company. Um, and so performance marketing is incredibly for, important for us, but we know that the Salesforce brand is now a top 40 brand in the world. We have to invest in, in the long term And, uh, you know, we, we started to, it, it'd be hard for us to talk about first-party data strategies and cookie less futures and CDPs and marketing lens if we weren't doing it ourselves. And so we sort of took the narrative that we were um, projecting publicly and asked ourselves, okay, are we the model citizen here? And one of the things that we won't go into too much detail here, but one of the things that I'm most excited about Salesforce Plus is, you know, all the external work and the accolades and stuff you see is really awesome. And we're thrilled with that. Behind the scenes, it's a very Salesforce on Salesforce story. So it's all built on our core technology. It's all running on our CDP. It's very thoughtful. And we talked about the monetization side of it, where there's not a. it's a free service. But we are very thoughtful in how we're using this as a first-party data strategy for us to help the build an audience, which is not something that B2B marketers like myself typically think about, right. is building an audience and keeping them entertained and keeping them energized and keep them coming back. And... That's where our technology comes in. I am customer zero of the, the richest of the rich of Salesforce technology. I have a direct line to the product manager of all of our marketing products. I have a direct line to our commerce uh, leaders and just like, here's what I'm learning, here's what's working, here's what's not. And some of the features you're going to see at Dreamforce have been inspired by some of the lessons we've learned on Salesforce Plus. And so I think that's, um, that's what's really exciting behind the scenes and you know, we'll continue to do that. And um, I'm really excited about Salesforce being a little bit more deliberate deliberate and clear about that um, and uh, walking the talk in a really thoughtful way. So that's what I'm, you know, perhaps most excited about. At some point, we'll kind of open the doors and show everybody the, the platform um, because I think it's, it's pretty cool what we've done.
0: So one of the things that's sort of blown me away, at least judging from the way it's being presented, is that Salesforce Plus is pretty – it's doing – pretty much responsible for the i'll call it the broadcasting of the whole conference of everything that's the way it kind of comes across which is Mm -hmm. if i'm thinking about that that includes speeches and tracks and everything in between that's going on too and the scale of that is just like staggering to me i i mean just in if you did nothing but speeches speeches forget tracks if you did nothing but speeches, it would be giant scale. But as is, you're doing scales, tracks, and all those in-betweens. Yeah. I mean, how do you even concern – like, how do you think about that level of scale? Let's, you're starting at day one of planning. How are you thinking about that level of scaling? Because that is just so big. It's almost a magnitude I don't understand.
2: Well, I think the number one most important thing is having a world-class team. And uh, I think Salesforce is, has exactly that. We talked about. We've brought in talent from the media landscape. We've brought in folks from people that do this for a living, uh, and they've. I've learned a lot. Um, uh, we have a world class team uh, led by Jessica Bergman, who's branded content marketer of the year according to the content marketing world. Matt Jaffe, uh, Jen, Jenny Sachs—you probably both know—have really led a lot of this effort um, for us for now eighteen months uh, now behind the scenes. And uh, you know, Dreamforce is an ambitious exercise, and sure. so we don't do, we don't do anything in a modest way. <laughs> so you know, we've got over two hundred sessions on Salesforce Plus. Um, you know, two—I mean, we are literally around the world. Dreamforce Salesforce Plus does not turn off for the next week. You know, we are. We have APAC picking it up. We have EMEA picking it up, and then we, the U.S. takes it over in the morning, wow. so it never turns off. Um, so I literally hand the keys to Leandro Prez in Australia uh, to run the show over the night for us. Uh, Amia takes it from them uh, in the early morning for the for San Francisco, and then we take it back before you know the main keynote and stuff like that. So we're thoughtful about not only just the volume of content on the platform, but how we're programming it for a global audience. We talked about this last time too. Dreamforce in a normal in a traditional before pandemic year had roughly two, 20 to thirty different countries represented at Dreamforce, which is amazing. Last year, there's 117 different countries that watched on Salesforce Plus. So you start to see the game has changed mm-hmm. materially in terms of the types of content we produce. We have to produce a lot more one-on-one style content, of like because we're introducing ourselves to new audiences and Streamforce is a user conference. It's more than that, but that's where it originally, originally started as, of course. And so I think that we just have to think through everything in a, in a bigger more grand way. And that requires planning and thoughtfulness and that requires a world-class team. And, and you know, Sarah and I have been thrilled to really assemble what we believe is exactly that.
1: Well, so that's a lot. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of completely different stuff you guys are doing that marketers and most enterprise technology companies haven't even thought about. But how is all of these new learnings, this new way of creating content, the way you, you know you're you're collaborating around the clock in in multiple geographies, how has all of that changed the approach to traditional or the traditional approach to marketing that you might have had, you know, previously to a year ago? Because it feels like You've learned so much. How do you take some of that and start to apply it where you think it will be the most helpful as a in the traditional marketing kind of roles and outside of all the, the new media stuff?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, we're certainly not finished with that transformation, nor will we ever be. Um, and that's the beauty of marketing is it's, you know, always evolving. I think um, what we've found is because of the performance of Salesforce Plus, I don't have to convince people to play in this space anymore. It's like people are clamoring, like we want in. Salesforce is a healthy-sized marketing organization, and it's always this balance of like where do I focus my energy, right? And I think the the center of gravity has pushed into high fidelity, impactful, thoughtful content that builds audiences instead of content that f- people fill out forms to download, like the idea of a white paper with a form in front of it where you put in your firstborn, that, (laughs) that, that sentiment of, of B2B marketing is kind of gone. I was, I was fortunate to attend the Cannes um, creativity festival this, this summer. And somebody said something, I don't remember who I should properly attribute, attribute this better, but you know, there's no B, there's no boring in B2B. Like neither B stands for boring. (laughs) And uh, you know, we have to think like that with the bar for marketing inside a company like Salesforce, can't be set by B2B companies, have to be set by B2C companies. And we, right. should, we should operate at that level of quality. And that's my that's what my sort of sentiment is inside of Salesforce, that I, I've known inside the company for having a high bar for quality. And I some people don't love me for that. Um, but what I will say is... Well, we do. Thank you. <laughs> uh, well, we what we try to say is why shouldn't it be? If Salesforce is the top forty brand in the world, we have ambitious things we want to do. We want to forty is the lowest we will ever hopefully ever be again. Um, let's operate at that level and hold ourselves accountable to that. And I think that that's you know hopefully you're seeing it in the work that we're putting forth. But um, you know I think we're we're still at the early stages of that journey as well.
0: Oh, I will tell you that is very clear in your evolution of the C part of it. I mean, look. There's an old slogan that's been circulating among us for years, which is at the end of every B is a C, right? And so pretty much gives you justification for whatever you want to do right there. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're dealing with a human being, right? I don't care what decisions they're making. They're still a human being. And you know what? Some of the stuff they do has nothing to do with business. Like they like sailing or they like watching television or going to movies or playing baseball, whatever, you know, or rooting for the Rams. Right. So yeah. <laughs>
2: we'll see about that one I'm, look,
0: I root for the Giants, but Rams are my second team. But um and we beat the Titans, which was like miracle week for all of us. Um, so but you know, that that C is it what look honestly, in the beginning it wasn't there and it was obviously not there. And you had some people on there who people I even know personally, but they're not let's call it And this sounds peculiar, but they're not TV personalities. They're not good in public on those kind of stages. And that's just some people aren't. So what? Um, Now you look at the content and, you know, there isn't a consumer in the world who who probably not find, regardless of whether they know Salesforce or not. And this is kind of the big thing who can't, there isn't a, there's unlikely that there isn't a, consumer in the world who couldn't find something on salesforce plus that they want to watch right because it's just interesting i mean it's not just a business it's just interesting yeah. right and and it's also maybe one of their passions because as you said ecopreneurs you know and i mean the the key word there is not preneurs it's eco right so right. Uh, and there's a lot of human beings who are interested in those sorts of things who will watch because of seeing people who are doing good in the world besides being successful in business. So you had that, that whole you've come there. Now, again, to your point, you obviously keep learning, but that also raises an interesting question to me. And it's something Brent and I are going to be doing, but it's something I'm wondering because you're you know, obviously your scale is somewhat bigger than ours. Just um, yeah, <laughs> literally our entire. Network to be absorbed into about 10 minutes of one of your shows. Right. <laughs> so, uh, but are you ever going to start looking at what well, you, okay? You said at Dreamforce, there'll be a late night with a uh, good morning America. I, I think you said today show. show. Yeah. Right. But you'll have those kind of shows, which are in a business environment, they're different. Like one of our shows is literally a late night talk show with a house band. Happens to be a Salesforce partner, by the way. Um, so, well, but the concept is people want to see things that they like do, seeing anyway, right? Uh, and late night talk shows, early morning talk shows. But it also goes to the heart of other things. Are you going to ever do shows in other kinds of formats You know, that are more, let's say, highly consumer oriented, that you might provide a, some sort of Salesforce-related, when I say that broadly, spin. But uh, one thing we're going to do at some point is a quiz show. right? right. And, but the question is, are you going to do that kind of thing? Is that even in a plan? Or, or is it like, not now, but maybe? Or nah, never?
2: Yeah. I, I would not have, if you had asked me this 24 months ago, I would not have ever imagine, imagined us sitting here talking about something like called Salesforce plus. So I think that uh, everything's open. I think, you know, you've seen us do more consumer like things, Our partnerships yep. with the Olympics and Formula One have been pretty big efforts for us and, and, and play more in the consumer space. Um, you know, the shift is a CNBC focused, uh, so, you know, that's an awesome opportunity and, and NBC has been great partners along the way for us doing that together. So, you know, I think um, I like this process as a very iterative one now. Um, I've got a strategy here and the team's ex- we're, we're executing it together extremely well, but it's not a long term strategy um, because it's one that we're learning by. And I think... Um, you know, I think the key thing here is that, you know, we're thrilled with the performance. We'll continue to invest in it. I think next year will be even bigger and grand. Uh, we're learning a lot. Uh, you know, it's funny. We did this because we didn't have events. We built Salesforce because, Plus because events didn't exist for us for a, right. a good period of time there. And now that events do, and Dreamforce will be uh, hopefully a, 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 grand, a, grand, a great reunion, as we're calling it. Um, it's interesting to see how these two things coexist now. And this year is the first time of true coexistence. And I won't call it a hybrid event because I hate that phrase, but um, these events are coming together in ways that we didn't build Salesforce Plus for originally. And so it's kind of fascinating to see the cross-pollination and how we're going to balance the two. Because last year it was, we had a thousand people inside the Moscone Center. It was awesome and we were thrilled that we did it, but it was nowhere near the size and scope that whatever historical event would have been. So we're happy to return back similar to that size this year and, and learn how these two things will play, play together. And hopefully they play together nicely. That's the intention at least.
1: So, okay. Uh, what are some of the things, you mentioned a few of these uh, things that are taking place, but if I'm sitting at home on Tuesday next week, Dreamforce is starting, what should uh, uh, somebody who's sitting at home, what do you want them to do? What, are you, what should they be looking out for? What, what kind of experience should they be preparing themselves for?
2: Yeah, you know, I think, um, A, there's a lot of new functionality on Salesforce Plus that'll allow it to be, you know, there's add to the calendar functionality, things like this that allow you to kind of curate your schedule a bit bit differently than you have in the past. Um, you know, my my biggest expectation is people do not sit down at their desk for three straight days and watch conferences at their home. That is not the way people, you don't consume it the same way you do as on-site. So I don't expect that behavior. We, we curated the experience so that people could, check in, check out, you know, tune in when their favorite session, or the session they're super interested in. And if they can't, it's available, you know, shortly thereafter yeah. for you to watch it on demand. So it's more one of a flexibility. You know, I, I look at it. We don't call it a Dreamforce, three days of Dreamforce anymore inside Salesforce. It's Dreamforce season. And we sort of think about, there's a moment where we capture most of the content and all these things happen, but we expect Dreamforce to carry on for months. And the season, we're going to continue to be loading content the week after Dreamforce of new stuff, so we get keep people coming back. I don't, I don't want, I don't want to see this massive traffic spike and then go back, you know, uh, uh, maybe the way that it did last year. And so I think human behavior is changing a little bit more too, where um, people will just come back for stuff that interests in. And, and there's cross-pollination. We try to make the navigation a lot more interesting, where you can discover content that's relevant to you that you might not have been looking for. Uh, and it, and what I find inside of Dreamforce is people build their agenda ahead of time and they just go to the sessions they want to but there's not a whole lot of oh let me poke in here and test this for five minutes and see what happens there and then go over there Dream- Salesforce Plus allows you to do that in a bit different of a way and so I'm expecting to see that but I just think it's a different consumption process um, and Salesforce Plus has been designed to sort of enable that if, and that's our hope at least All right well I, uh,
0: I've got one odd last question. Um, so obviously you have tons of technical equipment that you need for this, for this alone, much less the continued operation of yeah. um, Salesforce Plus. Do you only buy your equipment from Salesforce customers? <laughs>
2: um, I don't know that I can give you a unanimous uh, response. It is certainly in our, um, in our procurement Uh, approach is two things one is customers are always at the top of that we try to do business with our customers as much as possible and that's a pretty standard protocol Um, we also look at the sustainability um, uh, and the values of our partners more than you would expect I mean you'd probably expect that from Salesforce to a degree but it is a huge part of our RFP and our procurement strategy is like is this the company we want to be doing business with is this a company that we have a allow you know aligned values with, and I think that we spend in a typical procurement journey, we spend a good chunk of time discussing the values of the company, and I think that that's um, you know something I'm proud of as well.
1: Yeah. I have one. I was going to say, I just have one uh, suggestion. Um, yeah, please. So for the keynote, uh, you know, like on Monday Night Football, they have like the traditional uh, broadcast. Yeah. And now they have the Manning cast. Yeah. And, and we love the Manning cast. My yeah. suggestion would be in addition to the traditional keynote broadcast, you might want to consider in the future a players cast. And with, <laughs> with me and Paul and we Don't you you do one it anyway. I feel like you do one well. One. The watch party.
0: <laughs> the watch party. <laughs> the watch
1: party. <laughs> we're going to rebrand it the
0: players cast from okay, this point. I'm That's on. right.
2: Well <laughs> you <laughs> know, actually.
0: Given we could do one possibly, but what we'd have to. The irony is well, here's the irony of that though. We go to San Francisco, we go to the but we can't, we had literally be in our rooms for the keynote, <laughs> right? <laughs> so that we can because that's we can't do it if we're sitting in I the analyst section, of course,
2: plus, though, right?
0: Right? Well, of course, we would actually, if you want, we so broadcast it over. Here's plus. Though.
2: Here's something interesting the keynote is not live, live, live streamed this year. There's a slight delay in order for us to... Um, wow. Uh, make sure that we start on time a little bit. Um, and <laughs> we, trim, we trim a little bit of the fluff um, from some of the broadcasts. So you're gonna see the keynote stream at a slightly different time than the main keynote happens.
1: Really?
2: So, Interesting. About that. Yeah.
1: I thought you were wow. doing seven second delays just in, car, no, in case somebody said
0: something.
2: <laughs> it's more than seven seconds. Um, so. Think you might want to be in the room for this one if you want the real-time goodness. Oh well, I'm not, I'm not too
0: worried about the real-time goodness, <laughs> but um
2: you I, guys you want to hear it. It. I
0: want to hear it. I want to hear it. That's yeah. the main thing. Cool. I mean, I'll be I'm I'm very excited to see what's coming up. I just got my preview today, and uh it there's a one or two things that I think people will be exceptionally interested in when they hear it. One in particular really got to me good um so
1: they, the yankees involved or something i
0: wish well can you get aaron judge as one of the people you're working with on this
2: i think he's busy right now something tells me yeah
0: slightly yeah. well give him give him let him go to um the giant stadium and hit something over the fence at
2: Dreamforce than ever before i can guarantee really,
0: really? oh now you're talking Okay, now we're going. Thousand now thousand we're going for there. sure.
2: Dean Asher Smith, got a lot of track and field athletes coming. Um, our partnership with the Olympics has really unlocked a new level of uh, uh, athletes. that has been pretty fascinating, so don't miss those moments as well.
0: Well, Nadal retired today, so you can get him. Nah. it was Roger, not, not Nadal. Oh, Roger Federer retired. Yeah. You're right, you're right. Nadal, he retired Nadal today. Time, you can always get him. He's available nah. as well, of today. I think we got him. Um,
2: to worry about before the next five days but yeah we'll try it next year hey colin <laughs> we
0: appreciate you being here
1: I, I, i'm gonna like rename you like cecil b fleming because it just feels like you're now a producer you're 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 a, a studio head of sorts
0: so <laughs> and uh... <laughs> and you're literally pioneering new ground yeah big yeah. time
2: big time here big team effort big team effort uh well
0: just- you know what that's true i always love people like you when you say that I do. I just like find it so funny. You've said, like, it's true. It is a team effort. And I think yeah. we know that, but it's also you, well, not I just the team. Right. I appreciate like you guys' both. support.
2: Uh, you, all, you all have been great. And uh, maybe we can actually meet in person on site this week.
1: I was going to say, about. if we could at least shake hands or something. Right. That would that be,
0: would be
2: pretty <laughs> awesome.
0: Well, actually, I know Brent and I are actually scheduled for a uh, studio tour on Wednesday. Oh,
2: great. Yeah, well, let's coordinate schedules. I uh, I will check in with the the team here, and we'll get us all. Connected. Okay. All right. All right. All right. all right. Colin,
1: thank you so much for the time. We know you got things to do, so
2: yeah. stick around for a minute after,
0: please. I want to ask you something. Okay. Uh, so, on um, behalf
1: of Colin Fleming or Cecil B., as I like to call him, <laughs> I'm Brent Leary. I'm Paul Greenberg. And maybe
0: there's a show for Minnie in the office. How could it not be? I mean, that is just call it the dog's life, man. And that, really? there you have it. Looks really good. We'll see you next
1: week live from Dreamforce.